It's me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, and I am back in Chicago. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I haven't been used to doing that to the full. I got to use my full verbosity, my full voice there uh, when doing the opening here. I obviously sound a little dead. I am not going to lie. I am recording this with about five minutes of setting foot into my apartment. I, I just got back from the airport, everybody, and uh, I was like, you can't put this off, Nick. You got it. You got to finish what you started. You got it. You got it. You gave the people part one yesterday of your WrestleMania uh, weekend recap. You got to do part two. And guys, I'm excited to give you part two of my WrestleMania 35 weekend recap because, guys, I had, like, again, the most epic WrestleMania weekend ever. Easily the best WrestleMania week. Uh, I shouldn't say weekend, week I've ever had. Uh, today on the show, we're going to talk Bullet Club, Block Party, Mania, Raw. Bruce and Jim Ross's show, SmackDown, and uh, a couple of the unique parties and people that I ran into along the way. I'm not kidding you guys. This story, my story here today, ends at the LaGuardia Airport with a chance encounter that blew my effing mind. So I cannot wait to get to that part. Uh, before we get to it here, before I get to, to wrapping and doing all the stuff I'm excited to do, talk about the adventures I just went on. Uh, I want to let you guys know we have a brand new t-shirt over at the ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wrestling Inc. store. It is our jacked journalist t-shirt. It's awesome. It's uh, a, you know, we got to come up with kind of a mascot for the site. And I was like, I want a wrestler whose gimmick is he's a pro wrestling journalist. And that is what we had a cartoonist create. It looks dope. He looks intimidating. It's awesome. I gave some out this weekend. D Destro, uh, he took one. He's going to put it on the wall of PCO's gym. I'm stoked about that. Go over there. Buy yourself a shirt. They're only 20 bucks. Support the site. Let people know. WrestlingInc.com. This is where you get your pro wrestling news that you can use. Um, also, today on the show, after I get uh, done uh, recapping my adventures here um, in New York and New Jersey at WrestleMania week, uh, I am going to play a couple interviews. That's right. More, more content. I was on a content spree this past weekend. Um, I was at United We Stand, Impact Wrestling, United We Stand, Thursday night before the show. They were nice enough to do some media scrums. Yesterday, I played some scrums. It was uh, Tessa Blanchard, Don Callis, and Dave Chris were on yesterday's show. Today, I'm going to give you the other three, Brian Cage, Moose, and Marty the Moth. Uh, Scott Demore also did a scrum. I was, like, throwing together my stuff as he was doing it because I got there right when they started it. Um, so we have some videos that are going to roll out from that on social media here over the weekend. Um, you guys can check out. But here today on the show, Brian Cage, Moose, Marty the Moth. Can't wait for you guys to get to hear what it was like uh, with their scrum. And with that, it is time to talk WrestleMania 35 weekend uh, or week. So this is part two. Yesterday, I got you guys up through the G1 and, uh, and what happened after the G1. But today, we're going to start. It's Sunday morning. Sunday morning, I'm waking up. The sound of birds. By the way, I made that bird sound effect myself. The birds are there. They're chirping. I'm getting myself going, and I'm taking off to the Bullet Club block party to start my day. Now, it's WrestleMania day. I've got to go to the press booth that day. So I'm rocking a three-piece suit. You know, I like to show up, especially when I get that nice uh, backstage access or, or top-level access from WWE. I want to impress. I like to look nice. Bill Apter told me that. Bill Apter said, you know, when you're going to go, you're going to be seen by WWE people in those environments. You want to be wearing a tie at the very least. And I try to do that. I try to carry that tradition on Bill Apter. Uh, but anyway, so I wake up. I put on my suit. I take off. I go to the Bullet Club block party. I get there around 
Um, I think I got there between 12 and 1. I know it started at 10. I missed the first couple hours because I had to sleep because I was up all the night before at Joey Janela's Spring Break Part 2, which I talked about in the last show. Uh, but when I got there, still a fair amount of people there. At this point, though, uh, a lot of them were in lines. Uh, the meet and greets and stuff were going on. Uh, Alicia Tout was up on stage doing interviews with talent. Uh, DJ Z was up on the stage as well, uh, DJing between Alicia's interviews. It was just a, it was an effing cool vibe in there. It was dope. Uh, and not in there, out there. You know, they took over this parking lot. Uh, nice big uh, tents there with food underneath them. Uh, bar inside. Uh, real quickly, my buddy uh, Basil, wonderful photographer, Basil Muhammad, uh, he, he, uh, he let me in behind the, the red rope real quickly there. So I got to be in the little area where everybody was talking and, you know, shared a couple words with Zima, who's very excited, by the way, it sounds like, to be headed off towards uh, WWE, I think is where he's going here now. Uh, but very excited for him. Uh, Alicia was on stage, uh, yeah, doing interviews. Uh, when I got there, um, I did some talking, but Jay White pretty quickly took the stage for an interview with Alicia. And it was really cool, you know, getting to see him in that environment. A uh, whole, whole fucking, a whole effing, uh, you know, swarm of black T-shirts there, all covered in, in Bullet Club. And, uh, you know, Jay's taking questions from the fans. Uh, you know, how many, what's the most squats you've ever done in a session? You know, a thousand, he's done a thousand squats in a session. But really the cool stuff was him talking about getting to work inside the garden, getting to work with Okada. I mean, I'm sitting right on the lip of this stage. If you go back and watch the videos we dropped online, uh, you know, they are, I'm right there uh, in, in front of Alicia and, and Jay. And so I couldn't have thanked uh, the Bullet Club Block Party for better access i mean i can't get any more into it than i was there great uh great talk from jay he gave some good advice too jay white did on the stage there was a very intoxicated man who uh actually tried to walk onto the stage at one point um and was stopped fortunately but jay still took his question and uh his question was what's your advice for for young talent trying to become a pro wrestler and jay said decisions are easy mate work is hard and that was a good i think that's a good lesson to live by there. You know, the, the idea, you can decide to do anything you want. You, you want to go be the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion? You want to go become a professional curler? You just got to make the, you can easily make the decision to do that. But the work you have to put in to getting to wherever it is that you decided you want to go, that's the hardest part. And you got to be willing to put in the work behind the decisions you make. And I just thought that was wonderful advice. I wanted to share that with you guys here on the show. Um, so I sat there, I watched the Jay White interview. Uh, then I got to go upstairs and, and, and see all the Bullet Club guys. It was wonderful to see them again, uh, most of them. I'd never met Tama. Um, I got to shake Tama's hand. I haven't. I can't really, like, reveal it, but I'm hopefully maybe get to do some more stuff with Tama here later this year. Of course, we had him on for an interview uh, about a month or so ago on the show. So hoping to include more Bullet Club stuff in our coverage and, and, and creating that stronger bond with them there. So it was nice to get to shake his hand. And, you know, I'm sitting there talking to Tama Tonga. You know, and he knows who I am. And I'm in this three-piece suit. I'm feeling pretty good right then, right? Um, so it was nice. It was nice to see him. Uh, great way to start WrestleMania Day. I gotta give uh, props to my uh, good buddy Steve K, who's working closely right now with Tama. Uh, he helped. Pr he produced the Bullet Club Block Party. Uh, I hope they do more stuff like this. I think it's a great way for New Japan and Bullet Club to to stay engaged um, with their American fans by doing these parties, letting fans come out talk to Bullet Club, talk to Tama, all this stuff. Steve, I think you're great. Thank you for the work you're doing and to, to help make this happen for the fans. Uh, all right. So here, here, I'll, I'll say this. So I leave the Bullet Club block party, and they've got a shuttle service taking you to MetLife, but I looked on my phone, and it said 20-minute walk. And if you know me, I'm a walker. And if I can walk somewhere, I, I will walk. If the timing is there, I'll walk. 
Uh, when it was uh, uh, the day of Raw, which I'll get to here in a little bit, I just decided to try to walk from Manhattan to Brooklyn. It was like a two-hour walk. I really, I couldn't make it all the way. I had to take a little car at the end there because I, I was a little bit further to meet my buddy. But man, if I can walk, I'll walk. So I'm looking on my map. 20-minute walk to MetLife from the bar that I'm at. So I decided to follow a couple people. Not an easy walk. There's not like sidewalks necessarily everywhere uh, that you can walk on. I was walking in grass in my $500 leather shoes for a little while there. But it was a nice walk, and it was cool to sit. And, or you know, as I'm walking, I'm walking with this horde of wrestling fans. You're talking to the fans, asking them what they're excited about. I always love hearing where people are from, that kind of thing. So I get to WrestleMania. I walk over to the media entrance at the Pepsi gate. Uh, I, I show them my, uh, my name. They give me... Uh, my credential, and they tell me to wait there. A, a nice uh, gentleman from the arena comes over. He escorts me and a couple other uh, press up to the press booth, which always feels pretty cool. You know, you take the elevator up, boom, the doors open. Now, I had been approved for the press booth last year, and at the last second, we booked Mick Foley to come host the uh, party here, the WrestleMania party in Chicago, and uh, it it just seemed like in my best interest to be Mick's handler that day. So I had to find somebody to go sit in the press booth last year for me. But this year, this is my first year in the WWE press booth. And it's cool to see those elevator doors open. Really didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I walk in. It's very nice. First thing you notice, boom, catering. Yes, awesome. Free food. Uh, they had a delicious, uh, it was like Italian uh, steak spread. There was some pasta. There was some, yeah, there was some roasted steak. There was some... Uh, like seasoned chicken. Um, there was also, which I thought was great, because there was like the nice food, like the fancy food uh, catering. And then there's like another table where it's like chicken tenders, hot dogs, and like some uh, pulled pork sandwiches. And I'm not going to lie. I loaded up on tenders. I'm a, I'm a chicken tenders and fries guy. So I got a big plate of tenders, fries, grabbed a water. No booze. No booze in the WWE press booth. And if you know me, I like to, to have a beer and, and watch some wrestling. So I sat there. I was drinking water the whole time, staying hydrated, eating chicken tenders. Um, and I, I grab my plate, and then you get given this little sheet where they say, okay, here's your assigned uh, seat. Here's your row. So you got to go find where you're sitting in the press row and hope you're sitting next to people you like, right? Because, ugh, ugh. You know, what if I get to sit next to a uh, – actually, I don't know. I like everybody in the media. I honestly have – I think they're all great. But uh, so uh, I look at the sheet, and I'm carrying my tenders and my, my fries uh, with me in the water, and I go sit down, and it turns out I'm sitting next to John Pollock and Wei Ting from Post Wrestling. I absolutely love John and Wei. They're a huge reason that I got into wrestling podcasts as it was um, because they would do these uh, post shows on live audio wrestling back in the day, which would become Review uh, Raw, and then when they left Law, would, would become Post Wrestling. So uh, I've known John and Wei, fortunately, for years. I, I'm fortunate to now be able to call them friends, and to get there and to sit next to John and Way really made that a, a more fun experience for me. You know, at the G1 Supercard, I actually go to sitting next to Ryan Satin, who's another guy that I like a lot. And I feel like I lucked out this week, not only getting to, to sit with people I like, but people I consider to be my friends and my contemporaries. And anyway, blah, word garble. Big fan of John and Way's, obviously. So I sit down, and I'm excited about who I'm getting to sit next to. And then they give you your swag bag, right, in the press room, which is cool. And it's like one of those drawstring uh, backpacks that's got the WWE WrestleMania logo and in it there's a Mania shirt there's a Mania hat they gave me a Mania button and they also gave me the official Mania program which is like huge it's like 11 it's like 11 maybe 12 by 18 is this big book and then they give me an equally gi giant sized stack of like WWE WrestleMania 35 gigantic trading cards 
where like they're all the individual matches, but they're just on these giant cards. So like they, they look nice, like you should frame them or whatever. So anyway, dope swag, swag bag. Um, and uh, yeah, then you set up your laptop, you're sitting there in the row. Uh, I'm very fortunate because I'm on site, but we have a great team uh, back home. Raj was back covering the show. Mark was back covering the show. Uh, we had Josh on social media. So unlike, you know, with Satin, you know, and John and Way, who, you know, they they run their site. This is like a one, uh, two-person operation. You know, at Wrestling Inc., we're very fortunate to have multiple hands, uh, thanks to the uh, dedicated and tireless work of Raj to, to build it what it is right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I set up my laptop, and I throw up my Slack channel, which is how we communicate on the back end. And I'm just trying to feed off information throughout the show that I see. You know, uh, I tried to get an update on Ali um, when, he, when he popped his eye there rolling through. Uh, that was a struggle, but then there was a couple other things that I noticed that I thought were kind of cool. Uh, one of them was they had the uh, the XFL Skycam in in the MetLife Stadium, which is uh, you've probably seen it if you ever watched old XFL footage. It's like a camera on on a cross, like uh, two ropes that cross, and they you know go back and forth across the top of the the field. So it was interesting because I talked to some of the folks up there, and they had told me they thought this was the first time WWE had ever used this camera to cover a show like mania or otherwise uh my theory here because i never saw them actually technically cut to that camera angle i think like the entire show my theory was they were dusting off some of the old f xfl production equipment because since they were in a stadium like metlife this was a good chance for them to kill two birds with one stone and try some of this stuff out again and make sure it's still working or if they have any issues with it or anything like that so that was a cool little thing i got to see it was great to of course get to see like waltman uh, who I'm a big fan of and friends with. He got to have his big WrestleMania moment out there. Mustafa Ali, Chicago boy. I know he was just in the uh, the Andre uh, Rumble, but always cool to see him at WrestleMania. Um, it's interesting because in the press booth, like, it's a good seat. Like, you're kind of elevated, and I like a, a slightly elevated view. I don't like to be on the ground because if you're a couple rows back, it's just it's obstructed and you don't get to see everything. So it's like an elevated view, but it, it you're behind glass. And I'd never – I'd heard about this. But I'd never watched a, a, a mania from behind the glass, like the press room. And it's a little it's a little weird at first because they've got monitors in there where you can watch the show, you know, as you would see on the network, right, or pay-per-view. But you're also watching it, like, through this other screen, this other monitor, this giant piece of glass. And you can, like, feel the reaction more than you can hear it, if that makes sense. So, like... Whenever when the pyro's going off, you feel it. When there's a big pop or big boo, you're kind of feeling it. Like you can kind of hear it. You hear it better through the TV than you do the actual walls. But you can like feel reactions in there, which I thought was really cool. Um, you know, throughout the uh, biggest pop of the night for my money was the Kofi Kingston win. All weekend long, honestly, uh, Kofi Kingston I think easily got the mo- the best reaction of, of everybody. Um, you know, obviously the women's main event very historical. Great match. I almost kind of, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, man, I wish they would have flipped that. Kofi ending mania would have been such a great moment. So um, it was just a great experience up there. Oh, of course, also, I got a note. Um, in the press booth is also where a, a, a lot of the NXT and Hall of Fame talent watch the show. So it was kind of cool also. Like, uh, you know, Lundra Blaze is walking around. Sergeant Slaughter's walking around. I saw Kane up there. Uh, I watched the Undisputed Era uh, watch Kofi Kingston win his world title and like applaud him up there, which was like a really cool moment. Uh, Johnny Gargano uh, was up there walking around. I was trying to give him their space. I'm really, I, I it's funny cause you can hear the story I tell later in the show, but I really do try to be somebody that gives 
you know, these these people of stature, their space, and I try not to bug them or anything. I did see Johnny Gargano. Of course, he had just won the title, which is great. But we have a mutual friend in Gregory Iron, and I'd never met uh, Gargano. So it was nice to get over, walk over, shake his hand, congratulate him, you know, say, oh, I also know Gregory Iron. And then I text Greg. It's like I shamelessly name-dropped you to your buddy uh, Johnny Wrestling over there, which got a pop from, from Greg. So, you know, that was cool. Always nice getting to meet friends of friends, that kind of deal. But great experience up there. No complaints. You know, some people I've heard don't like, you know, sitting in the press booth just because they like to be in the, the stadium and stuff. And I like to be in the stadium as well. But I'm not going to lie. I really liked it up there. And I hope to continue to get to watch WrestleManias from the press booth. I thought that was, I felt very in my element, in my nice clothes and being able to like walk over and talk to press people or be given press releases or clarify things. I just, I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And uh, we got some great coverage up there. Uh, a couple videos I did from up in the booth. You can go find those on social media as, as well. Um, and you know, I'm not going to review Mania. I'm just giving you my experience there. Uh, Raj and Matt and, and Glenn did a great review, which you can uh, you can go check out. Now, I leave WrestleMania. Let me take a drink of water real fast. So I leave WrestleMania. And um, I get out into the parking lot area. And I'm sure everybody's heard it was basically The Walking Dead. I mean, it was anarchy outside of MetLife. The, the train stations were backed up. They had shut down two of the platforms. Um, trying to get him, 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 trying to get her because there was a seat I could get at the bar had a beer after mania met up with my buddy Jay Cabrera who's a producer for the world arm wrestling league great guy we got to you know shake hands have have a nice photo celebrate the moment and then boom I call a car I'm off to Manhattan uh, I spent uh, my post WrestleMania because there was a lot of there's a lot of adrenaline going so I wanted to go meet up with a couple buddies have a drink I wound up with my good friend Marcus Crane from uh, Game Changer Wrestling. We're quite the duo. I'm in a three-piece suit. If you know who Marcus is, Marcus basically looks like he just walked off the Mad Max set. I mean, all the studs, the cut-off jacket. You know, we're quite a tandem there. Um, and we we do a little bar hop. Well, he had a friend, Ed, who's a trainee for GCW. Um, great guy. He was the wheel man, and he drove us to uh, three different bars that night. We wound up at this one bar called Duff's, which is like a, a punk rock dive bar. Which, you know, of course, I fit in very well in my suit. And um, they were doing the, you know, you could have a drink. And I, was ha I had a beer. And then they said, you know, there's this wheel. Or they had this thing that was like a bunch of numbers on it. And for $3, you could spin the wheel. And some of the stuff, like the numbers were like good stuff. You Like you could win a shirt or a koozie. Some of them were like bad stuff. Like you got to do stupid stuff or whatever. So I spun the wheel. And I won something called a limp whitefish shot. And uh, basically what it was was a condom with rum chata in it. And, you know, I paid the $3. I spun the wheel, good or bad. And uh, I'll never forget that moment, Marcus, in the bar where I was made to drink the, uh, the white fish shot. And, uh, you know, what a dumb thing I did. What a great WrestleMania moment there. So anyway, wrapped up with Marcus, headed back to the hotel. Uh, finally got to sleep uh, because, uh, you know, Monday, all I really had to do was go to Raw. So I woke up and yeah, you know, I was in a good mood. I, I, I did a little bit of work. I talked to Raj and then boom, I started walking over to the Barclays Center. Great walk. A lot of great Pokemon in there. 
Um, before Raw, I, uh, we went to McMahon's, which is the bar across the street from the Barclays. Uh, me and my friend Basil, who's the photographer I mentioned earlier, uh, he was my guest to, to come with me to Raw. We went to McMahon's, and boom, who's there? Justin Labar! Got to hang out with Justin and his buddy Juice, his buddy Josh. Uh, all five of us there. We had a nice little party. There's like an outdoor patio that we were like overlooking uh, the street outside of Barclays. Lots of crazy wrestling fans. I saw people dressed as the Rockers. I saw a man... And I saw two men dressed as Charlotte and Becky, and it wasn't like uh, RuPaul's Drag Race uh, quality of uh, of female dress. This was just two two bros dressed like Charlotte and uh, Becky. Very unique experience there. So I had a great time with them. Basil and I head over to uh, to Monday Night Raw. We grab our seats. Great seats. Um, uh, again, slightly elevated, exactly where I like to be, looking down on the ring. And so Basil and I are enjoying the show. And a couple highlights uh, from Raw. First of all, I got to say, I thought Lacey Evans' debut came off perfectly. Uh, she, she came back out again on SmackDown. That got a lot of heat. Uh, Lars, um, his debut reaction uh, to the main roster, kind of a little tepid. I don't think people really knew what to make of, of Lars Sullivan. But all of, this, all of these debuts paled to, oh, well, of course, Undertaker was there. Big pop for The Undertaker. But, you know, all of this stuff paled in comparison to the energy in the room for the main event, as it was supposed to be, all, winner takes all, Kofi Kingston versus Seth Rollins for the titles. They're starting the match, and of course, we all know what happened. They decide to turn into a tag match against the bar, and I have never been in a building. where. And again, I'm in the crowd this time. I'm not behind a piece of glass. I'm feeling this. I'm hearing this. I have never in my life heard a crowd go from plus 10, yay, yes, 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 to negative 10, no, 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 boo, we hate you and what you are doing right now. Um, the fans did not like this getting changed to a tag with the bar. Um, AEW chance, CM Punk chance. I mean, beach balls started flying, which, by the way, when the beach balls came out, Cesaro does not like the beach balls. Cesaro, like a gazelle, would jump out of the ring, fly over the barricade, go into the crowd, and personally grab these beach balls and destroy them and then go back to wrestling. I mean, it was it was unreal. The the hostility and the and what was going on in that arena right then. So anyway, the show ends and uh the crowd is still not like thrilled, right? And so Seth takes the microphone. He's like, "You're pissed off. I'm pissed off." And then he brings out thinking, "I know how to get everyone back on the same page." Let's bring out Roman Reigns. And Roman comes out, and this crowd is still salty, and so they they booed Roman. I mean, I think it was it was weird because they booed him, and then I think everybody remembered, you know, what Roman had just gone through, and the boos kind of quieted a little bit, but they still, that crowd booed Roman. Like, the New York crowd booed Roman when he came out. Seth and Roman just look like, so they look so thrown off by what was happening, you know, and then <laughs> Seth is like, this man is an inspiration to me. This man just beat cancer. Uh, and that that kind of got the crowd back on the tracks, but that was wild. And so Seth and, and Roman are there, and they're having their moment. And they're like, well, we got to we gotta celebrate our boy. Dean's last night, last whatever with WWE. They bring out Dean Ambrose. You can tell that Dean is either definitively leaving or is no Fs to give because he came out with his uh, plastic water bottle and he's spitting dip into the water bottle. He kind of threw it to the side before he got to the ring. Um, but yeah, Dean came in, gave a great little, you know, speech about how, you know, when they got there as the shield, Arn Anderson called him two indie schmucks and a football player. 
you know, didn't really give them the benefit of the doubt. And, uh, you know, look how far they've come. One more shield, uh, triple fist bump, and uh, that was it for the night. The crowd largely did go home. Pretty happy there, I think, with the with the Dean moment and stuff. But they were, <laughs> they were, in the words of Lana, very salty uh, at the end of that show, especially with that tag change. And as far as Dean goes, you know, I asked around a lot that weekend. And, of course, like, if you listened yesterday, I watched Bloodsport with Dean, and I'm not, I didn't ask him about his contract status. It seemed like it would uh, maybe not be the place to do it, I guess, considering my status at that moment. But... You know, I think, you know, I've heard, you know, I've heard mixed things. I don't know. Is he going to, is he taking a long break? Is he going to the Indies? Is he signed with AEW? I mean, time will tell. You know, we played the Don Callis interview yesterday and uh, Don Callis, uh, you know, from the media scrum that he did at United We Stand, and Don Callis is like, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see him pop up somewhere else. So we'll see. You know, part of me still thinks this guy could, 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 could be back here in a little while. I mean, it's just weird to me how out of their way they went to make this guy look good, feel good on the way out the door. I, it just, it's not the way you treat a guy who's about to go sign with AEW or go to New Japan, your competition. So, I don't know. We'll follow the story. It's a fluid story, as we call it in the news game. Um, and then after Monday Night Raw, took Basil. Uh, my good buddy Scott Fishman was there with his wife as well, sitting in the same media section. The four of us, uh, I, I texted up Conrad I, earlier in the day. I said, I'm going to bring a couple buddies to the show tonight. Can you get us in? Conrad was more than accommodating. He got me in uh, with, the, with Scott and Ashley and, and Basil. Got to watch a late night show with Bruce Pritchard and Jim Ross that went till uh, pretty late. Uh, I think that 2 o'clock was the, the hard cut for, um, uh, for Monday for the, the Bruce and Jim Ross show. So we were there pretty late, but always good to see those guys. Uh, special guests, um, Hurricane Shane Helms came out. Um, they had Tony Schiavone was also a guest on that show. Um, fun stories, you know, they recapped uh, the incident where Buff Bagwell's mom, Judy, called into the WWE offices and uh, told them that Buff was sick and couldn't come to work. And, you know, that story has kind of grown over the years and gotten its own life. And Jim Ross uh, kind of played it down and was like, you know, look, you know, you know, I didn't think anything of it at the time. You know, man's sick. His mom called in. He couldn't work. You know, that's it. To Jim, it was just like, I don't know. How this guy became like a mama's boy or whatever was, was beyond Jim. So that was a cool story. Uh, Jim Ross and Tony told separate stories about uh, Ric Flair exposing himself uh, at different points in his career. That was in, that was very interesting and engaging as well. Um, and uh, that was it. And got to uh, see Jim Ross one more time this weekend. Got to see Conrad. Shook everybody's hand. Nice to see Tony as well. Took off. Fell asleep, woke up, it's SmackDown day. Uh, I uh, did a little bit more. I got to actually do a little bit more work uh, Tuesday morning because I had to put the Winkley out. This was yesterday. Feels like a lifetime ago. Um, and, uh, yeah, put the Winkley out, did some work for, for Wrestling Inc. Took off for SmackDown. Um, I didn't know who I was going to go with. I got the tickets a little bit later in the day. And um, uh, everyone was gone. Everyone was gone. I could not find anyone to go with. And I get there, and I'm like, man, I'm going to be watching this show all by myself, which is fine, because I didn't, like, pay for the ticket, and whatever. I like watching wrestling. I was pretty engaged still at this point. I, I stood up physically much better than I thought I would. And I get there, and uh, lo and behold, who would be there? Fellow media friend, George Carroll. Great guy. He had been around all weekend. Or Chuck Carroll. <laughs> George Carroll is a different person. Chuck Carroll. Uh, Chuck Carroll uh, was there, and uh, I always like seeing Chuck. Uh, great guy. I had never really got to sit with Chuck and, like, watch a wrestling show, and that is a very interesting dude. i got to get Chuck back on here uh, pretty soon. You know, he's trained in wrestling. He used to be 
420 pounds, and this guy is now like 150 pounds. He's lost a ton of weight. He's a, a health advocate now. His whole his whole life is giving people advice on how to lose weight and turn their life around. Super cool guy. Love sitting there with Chuck. Uh, had a great time. Uh, so I got to sit there. We're, we're watching the show. Before the show, I thought it was interesting and of note, EC3 came out, and he is now paired with his good buddy Drake Maverick, you know, his friend uh, from Impact Wrestling. Uh, EC3, Drake Maverick, like the pairing a lot, but EC3 still lost to a returning Luke Harper. And, uh, you know, if you, you read Luke Harper's uh, stuff, you know, the, the whatever note he put out uh, right before WrestleMania weekend about how returning at Access was like his WrestleMania moment and how he has big plans for himself. Was just really happy to see Harper back in front of that live crowd. You could see he was feeling and taking in that energy. Really good match here between Harper and EC3. I mean, this is the best I'd seen EC3 since he debuted. But, of course, it was a dark match, and, you know, they got a little time here. Um, but I, I thought that Drake and Ethan worked very well together. I hope they stay together, and I was very happy for Harper. Then we noticed they started bringing in all these uh, multicolored rainbow balloons, um, and they started setting up for the opening of the show where Kofi Mania would run wild. And the first, te- like, I'll never forget two years ago, there was um, when Roman Reigns came out on Raw after the Orlando Mania. I think it was 31, and everybody just booed him. Remember, it was like, or wrestling to 32. Everybody just booed him. He beat The Undertaker the night before. Everybody was just all over him, like a pack of dogs and a three-legged cat. Um, you know, people were booing him. Take that and inverse it. This was the most positive happy crowd tons of chance tons of awesomeness everybody's just very happy for kofi and and getting to have that moment highlight that was definitely the highlight i think of the show for me uh it was a good smackdown i thought there was some fun stuff brought the braun surprise uh was was fun for everybody uh and then afterwards they did the 205 live tapings uh for my money one of the best matches of the entire weekend was tony niece versus uh blake or buddy murphy in a rematch from wrestlemania these two guys got uh about 20, 20, 25 minutes to go at it in the 205 Live spot. If, you, if you're not a guy or a person who watches 205 Live or you haven't in a while, i definitely go out of your way to, to find this one. I thought it was just a really good bout, a showcase of what that style is right now. And, uh, you know, they didn't get as much time at Mania, but they got to put it, they got to put it on and turn it on here, 205 Live. So I'd go check that one. And then afterwards, Sami Zayn finally came out. Did a lot of post-show heel work. Uh, he was supposed to face Kevin Owens. And he was like, Kevin, we should not be fighting here. And not in front of these people. They don't deserve it. They're so undeserving. Sounding a lot like Daniel Bryan. And, uh, you know, he's saying, Kevin, if we wrestle, we're going to have another five-star classic. Just like we have for, for the past 17 years. So they go back and forth. And Kevin Owens finally agrees. He's like, you know what, Sammy, let's not wrestle. And, and Sammy and Kevin Owens starts to leave. And Sammy Zane's like, and that's smart of you to leave, Kevin. Because, you know... You, you weren't always the brains, the Sam and K- KO and, and Sammy show or whatever. And, you know, Sammy uh, is talking and he's living it up. And Kevin Owens is like, wait, what? He gets back in the ring. And this leads to uh, three stunners on Sammy Zayn to send the ho- crowd home happy for WWE SmackDown. Uh, and that was it for WWE for the week. Their marathon came to an end with uh, Stone Cold stunners from Kevin Owens uh, to Sammy Zayn. Uh, the crowd left way happier for SmackDown than they did Raw again. That was crazy what happened at Raw. SmackDown was like the opposite. Very, very positive. I, I actually, the Shane McMahon stuff where he was trying to get uh, the Greg Hamilton, the announcer, to, to say best in the world the way he wanted, that got a lot of heat live. I thought that came across really well, too. So w- real fun show. SmackDown is usually very fun. Um, and then afterwards, I decided to go back to McMahon's, which was the bar uh, across from the Barclays. It's called McMahon's. So, of course, wrestling fans were there all weekend. And I love going to whatever the hot wrestling bar is. 
after the final night because it's a Tuesday at 11.30. This is the most hardcore of hardcore wrestling fans that have come in to uh, WrestleMania weekend, and um, they are just going nuts. This is their last hurrah. And I, I always know it's going to be wild in that bar on the last night. And I get in there, and I grab a beer, and all of a sudden, I start hearing everybody chant Ketchup Mania. And I'm like, what is going on? And there is this guy at the bar who has acquired, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to steal. Maybe he worked for the venue. I don't know. But he, uh, he had acquired a ketchup dispenser from the Barclays Center and was basically being hailed as a hero. And this ketchup dispenser got all kinds of chants. There was ketchup mania. That was one. And then they did ketchup, ketchup ketchup so there was a slew of ketchup chants that were going on this man who had the ketchup dispenser again being hailed as a hero there was one guy dressed as bret hart who wrestled some drunk in the streets in an impromptu bout that involved a money in the bank briefcase i mean it was just it was a blast and then uh, after that i took off went back to the hotel started to prepare to leave i woke up today and you know i was going to record this this morning and it would have been great you'd have heard a lot of the same stuff i'd have probably been Maybe more tired, maybe less tired. I don't know. I'm in a weird place right now. But I would not have got to tell this story. And I got to the airport, and I'm checking in. And I look over, and I see this guy, this this little kind of older man. And I'm looking at him from the side, and I'm like, I know this. I know this guy. And finally kind of turns enough where I can see his face. And I'm like, I think that's Gilbert Gottfried. And, you know, Gilbert Gottfried, if you don't know, he was the voice of Iago. And Aladdin, he was in the Problem Child movies. I mean, he's just like a legend. He's a comedy legend, Gilbert Gottfried. And I'm a big comedy fan. I did comedy professionally in Chicago for years before I pivoted over to the pro wrestling stuff. And I see him. I'm like, are you Gil- you're Gilbert Gottfried. He's like, yes, I am. And he's not doing the crazy voice. He was just in his normal voice. And I told him, you know, you're a big inspiration to me. I, I moved to Chicago to study comedy and, you know, grew up on your stuff and and I'm like shaking. I'm like nervous. This is like this man's like a legend to me. And I never get. I, I mean, I never use the term marking out. I hate kind of that term. But man, I fangirling, marking out, whatever you want to call it. That's what I was doing for Gilbert Gottfried. And I'm like realizing it's him as I'm like checking in my bag. And I'm like, can I get a photo? And the woman checking in my bag is like, sir, I need your ID for you to to check your bag so we can move the line. And I'm like, Gilbert, can can you wait a second? I have to to do this life thing. He's like, oh, it's fine. And so I showed my idea, checked my bag in, and then he literally waited to take the photo with me. So anyway, we go our separate ways. We get through security. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And I'm waiting near the – I got there a little bit early. I, I'm getting a sandwich. I'm waiting there, and he, and he walks by again. And I'm like, hey, I just, I just want to apologize if I was a little over the top, excited to see you. And he's like, oh, it's fine. And he stood there, and he talked to me for like three minutes. Um, was the super was like just a really cool guy. I'm sure you may have thought I was nuts because I was like, you know, this is very serendipitous to me because, you know, you, Andy Kaufman, Michael Richards, the guys that, you know, really uh, put together the alt comedy scene. That was a huge influence on my life. It like changed my life. The work that you guys did. He's like, oh, that's that's very nice. You know, I go, I'll take it one further, Gilbert, because, you know, I just opened for Jerry Lawler um, at Gotham Comedy Club this past uh, Friday. And he was like, what? Really? And I was like, yeah. And he, and he knew who Jerry was. And I go, yeah, Jerry loves my Tony Clifton. And he kind of made me do a bit of my Tony at the show. And he's like, wow, that's awesome. And so I was like, you know, anyway, this is like, and I told him, this is where I think he probably thought I was nuts. I was like, you know, 
I was thinking about doing more stand-up comedy, Gilbert. It was already on my mind. I really enjoyed that set. I want to try to get my, my pro wrestling stories out there more. And the fact that I saw you, I feel like this is a sign. I'm going to do it. I, I got to get back into stand-up comedy. And he looks at me and he goes, well, whatever is going to pay the bills. And I just I laughed, shook his hand, and, and that was it. And uh, it was just a really cool moment. And it was funny to me, too, because I was like, Gilbert Godfrey's done a lot of things. What's the wrestling tie-in here? What's what's the fabric of the universe? How does Gilbert Gottfried tie right back into pro wrestling? I went on uh, Google and I typed in Gilbert Gottfried pro wrestling and lo and behold, there it was. Gilbert Gottfried appeared as a security guard in a 1990 bit with Phil Collins and the Ultimate Warrior where the Ultimate Warrior built up, uh, beat up Phil Collins while he was singing. I think Two Below was the song or whatever. And it was like part of a Phil Collins special. So there it was in plain sight. The Gilbert Gottfried tie-in, and I took it a step further, and I typed a Gilbert Gottfried, Andy Kaufman, and there came up an interview between Gilbert Gottfried and Bob Zamuda talking about the career of Andy. And it's just, it's crazy, guys. It's crazy the people you meet. It's crazy the, the way things play out. And that was really, really, really super special way to, to end WrestleMania week for me. And uh, here I am now. My girlfriend just got home from work. She's standing on the other side of that door. I'm talking to you all before I even get the chance to see my girlfriend. So, that's the dedication, everybody. Um, I'll be back at the other side of this, but let's get to it. A couple of the uh, scrum interviews here from Impact Wrestling's United We Stand. A whole lot of mics. What's up? <laughs> How you feeling heading into the show? Great, great. Had a good workout today. Good, good. Just got some good meals in. Just the start of the whole weekend, so I feel good. Oh man, it's a lot. Of, that's that's like a. So that's, that's like a long, long, like three-week episode podcast right there. I mean, I, I just simply put, I'm usually in there for a couple hours, uh, just about every day of the week. But it fluctuates too because I'm always in a different city now, a different area. It matters how much sleep I got, how much, how beat up I am, or whatever. But I mean, it's not easy. Hell, I got I got a video coming out on Saturday, working out with CT Fletcher, and I think we he put me through this hellacious arm workout that was over 1,900 reps, and my arms are destroyed still. Like not sore, they're destroyed. They're they're severe trauma right now. Uh, how do you feel about uh, RVD signing with Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. RVD's fantastic. Uh, I've uh, had a couple like, hey, what if, you know, that'd be cool kind of moments that I thought maybe would happen. And it never did, obviously. So now that's, uh, that's more of a bit of a possibility. So hopefully we'll see what happens. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I actually, I prefer to wrestle like the exhibition style and exhibition guys, if you will, or you know, even just like some cruiserweights. Um, one being too, when I started, I wasn't this size, but I always kind of wrestled the style even as I built my size. That's why I'm able to do stuff that most guys that look like me can too. Um, <coughs> but being said that, I absolutely love being able to work with um, larger guys that are as athletic and as, you know, mobile as me and to be able to work with both and be able to be versatile to have that, that option ability is fantastic. Uh, going with that too, I would have loved to have had a program for the X title with Willie Mack because that would have been awesome to have seen, you know, this era was, you know, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, but be two super heavyweights doing it for the X title. Yes. Yeah, 
Uh, you know what? I love Lucha Underground. I actually thought season two and three were one of the coolest, most fun things. Obviously, that's where I met my fiance. It's going to be wife and mother of my child, Melissa Santos. Um, and actually, I did just have the Lucha Underground hoodie on backstage before I came out here. But, uh, but I mean, obviously, Impact's more the, the current we're at right now. Uh, I'm not even sure if Lucha's coming back or what's going on with that. I'm super thankful, and, and I've not bitter towards anything that's happened with Lucha Underground, but I mean, right now, I'm Team Impact, and that's why I'm on Team Impact, so. Do you feel that Lucha um, Underground has impacted how um, Impact I see that. I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of people from Lucha Underground that are on there. But then, yes, the um, like, cause what made Lucha Underground cool and different was how it was a a TV show about wrestling, now a wrestling show on TV. So yes, I have seen the 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 things that Impact has taken from that to kind of make somewhat you know cinematic or TV esque aspects of it, like the LAX storyline and this and that, the the you know Dark Realm stuff. So there's a little bit of. Uh, of, of stuff that they've you know borrowed from Lucha Underground. Do you think that's where the future lies for professional wrestling? Um, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, it very well could. I don't really see WWE going that route very much. But I mean, uh, I did think that was unique and finally a different approach to wrestling that everybody's you know proud about. And I thought it was awesome. So I think if it's able to be done and done well, and I, I like to all Impact does it sparingly. It's not like it's you know all the time. It's just here and there. Um, but yeah, when it's done and done well, I, I, I enjoy it. I think it makes it cool. Would you like to maybe get involved in one of these storylines here, like the Dark Realm, or just because it's familiar to you? Uh, I mean, yeah, because like, one of the coolest things I've done in Lucha Underground is when I punched the guy's head off with the gauntlet. That was so cool. <laughs> so, like, yeah, if I got to do something like Like, I loved Allie and um, uh, Rosemary and Sue Young's thing from Bound for Glory. She got the axe in the neck and stuff. It's one of my favorite things. I, I loved it. I actually thought uh, her next appearance on uh, on TV would have been amazing if she was like walking out to the ring with the axe still in her neck and like took it out before she started the match but uh, yeah no I would, I would love I'm a big big comic book fan big horror movie fan so all that stuff's right up my alley Marvel Storyline? Oh my goodness that's such a, a detailed question um probably probably um the Age of Apocalypse from from, from X Men. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mark out for that one. Oh, the cruise was. Oh, I first of all, I love cruises hands down. It's especially because I get a bunch of free food, so I'm all about that. Um, I, I've gone a few cruises. It's my favorite vacations. Then you throw in wrestling and everything else on top of that. Uh, it was one of the coolest times of my life, and then to have, yeah, you know, the whole Bullet Club versus Team Impact deal was 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 awesome, and obviously something unique that you weren't going to get, you know, anywhere else or any other time. So I mean, it was phenomenal. And hopefully, I'm part of the next one. Uh, I don't know what I'm allowed to say swear-wise, but uh, uh, you know what? It's been a long time coming. Uh, I feel like I'm starting like a broken record wanting the rematch. I feel like I should be the champion. Uh, obviously, there's it's gotten a lot more personal heated. We had a nice little heated rivalry in Lucha Underground as well since we're talking about that, but um, it's it's time to uh, to cash in and, and have his ass drop me that, that Impact World Championship. So. 
Yeah, right? What the hell? I was I was so down. I was so down to be part of one, too. I'm like, I want to be an alternate X match. And then they're like, oh, I don't think we're going to do it anymore. Then I freaking cash it in. And like, oh, we have an ultimate X match. So whatever. I'm not the one, you know, booking the card. So, but I mean, I, yeah, I still love the opportunity to be being one. So I told, you know, Johnny could have just volunteered me to be in it. He could have saved the tag match. So yeah, 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 right. You know, he could have, he could be like, oh, I, I'm choosing Brian Cage to be in that. And I would be a then I won't get for both titles then, but you know, whatever. Uh, you know what, no, I don't, I don't think so at all. As a matter of fact, I mean, I, I, well, yeah, I love watching people go stuff, Mike, I get all excited. And think of, because I, I think, too, this is one of the most creative and original concepts that, you know, Impact from the TNA days has ever created. So, uh, and that's hard to have original idea in wrestling now, that, especially that sticks, that's really over. And I think this is probably one of the, the coolest things that they've done. So I definitely would like to take part in this. Do I want what? I'm not opposed to it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a very uh, open parent. I also have a son as well that's 12. But I, I'm very, you know, supportive of, hey, you don't want to do wrestling? Cool. You want to be all about wrestling? Cool. Whatever it is. So I'm not, I'm not a, a, a believer of forcing anything on him. So. At this point in your career, what would you... Um, take back to your kids and say, this is my proudest moment. Oh, man. I mean, obviously the birth of my kids is a proud moment. Um, uh, getting, I ran my own promotion too for a while. I opened it back in like 2004, 2005. And I got to work, one of my, people know this, one of my idols and people that uh, really helped me out and I, I wanted to emulate in the ring was Chris Canyon, that's why I do the Who Better Than Cage too. I actually have his logo too on my gauntlets. Um, I got to work him in my hometown in my own promotion. That's like one of my, uh, just one of my proudest moments I was really happy and soaked with. And then uh, I guaranteed everyone, I wanted to be wrestling since I was 10. I guaranteed everyone by the age of 24, at, at age 10, that I'd be signed to uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. And I got my development contract shortly after I turned 24. So I mean, that as well, through all the people like, you know, saying that, oh, it'll never happen, never happen. I don't want to, to have the whole pity party thing that everybody cries about. But um but just 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 showing like through hard work and a lot of sacrifices I've been able to overcome and, and succeed with a lot of stuff that I wanted to do in my life when I thought when many other people thought that it wasn't possible. So good? Yeah we're good. Cool. Thanks, guys. No I am great. How are you guys doing? Um, it was pretty easy. Um, I've learned in 34 years of living when you have a passion to do something, um, the, trans the transition from whatever you're coming from to do that thing or the road to doing whatever your passion is, because it becomes pretty, it, it goes pretty smooth and it becomes really easy. So my transition was smoother than I expected because I really have a passion for this. So. Um, no, I knew it was coming pretty soon. I mean, you gotta understand, Grunkers, his body has been through a lot. Um, I feel like every offseason I've heard about some major surgery that he's getting done. So, I mean, great, great news for him. I think he needs to um, enjoy the money he's made and um, see what else is out there in life.
Um, um, I, I feel like the companies ran more professionally um, compared to when I was here. And not, nothing against Dixie, she's an awesome lady, but uh, I felt like she kind of um, lost the company a little bit where um, people was kind of doing whatever they wanted. I feel like now is a little bit more accountability between the staff and the boys and just everything. So I feel like it's only going to get better from, from, from now on. How surprised were you, if any, that the AAF didn't last the season? And uh, how does that kind of coexist with the roller coaster you've had here? Um, I'll wait till this goes down. To be honest, um, the whole thing with AAF, I don't know too much about it, um, but I do know just as a guy who started, who's tried to start businesses and um, whatnot, starting a business is very tough. And um, that proved the AAF fold and proves how tough starting a business is and starting a company. And, um, and I, I feel like if you compare the impact, um, I mean, I feel like the media has been once an impact to fail now since it started in, what, 2002 or whatever the, the, the date is. Um, and we're still running strong. And um, so that's my, my saying on that. And I feel like that pushes, puts a lot of pressure on the XFL because I know they're starting this. They're starting, um, Vince is starting that next summer or whatever it is. And, the AAF fold that puts a lot of pressure in that because I actually went to an AAF game and it was packed. <laughs> so I couldn't surprise when um, I heard the news about the company folding. So we'll see. Any chance D'Angelo gets back in the ring? Um, I'm working on it, working on it. Go Mark Andrews. Um, not really any, um, I mean, I'm good, I'm good buddies with him, um, but not, we really didn't get to hang out that much because when I first got the impact, he was kind of like on the way out, so, um, we didn't really get to travel much or hang out as much, but I, I talked to him once in a while. Um, uh, no, not, not at this point, no. Last question? Uh, pretty much look at me, but like you, you, you said it, I came, um, when I first came to, um, to pro wrestling, I was like a clean cut baby face, as you could say. And, um, it got to a point where the original Moose character was kind of getting stale, and I needed to reinvent myself. I think it's always a good thing to reinvent yourself. You don't want to be the same guy um, for years because then you get boring, you know? Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like you always need to reinvent yourself in anything you do. That's cooking, that's um, being a basketball player, that's um, even professional wrestling. You don't want to stay the same. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hello, hello. How are y'all? Okay, good. Tonight's show is going to be awesome. Uh, Impact always puts on a great show, and I'm excited to be here representing Lucha Underground versus Impact. I'm excited for it.
The last thing I heard from Lucha Underground is the same thing I hear every year. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> they don't tell us anything. They call us and they're, they're like, so what are you doing next week? And that's kind of how Lucha Underground works. Um, you never know what happens with MGM. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I can represent here, can't we? Absolutely. Uh, stabbing Phoenix in the face with a fork was pretty fun for me. Um, winning the Lucha Underground title and pile driving Pentagon on his head, that was quite enjoyable for me every single time. Uh, and anything involving Melissa Santos was a good time. So I was just doing what all you guys would have done anyway. Don't lie to me, you would have. Any funny road stories that I. I don't know that I can say on media. <laughs> but I got, <laughs> yes, but I won't tell Oh, you won't tell anybody. Yes, the media, that's not what the media does at all. Uh, oof. Hold on, I'm trying to see what I can say on what I can. What's another one? I do remember my first night, it's not really a road story, but my first night at Lucha Underground, um, there were some visa issues. So we go to the hotel, and it's just me and the Luchas, guys from AAA, Drago, Fantasma. Uh, those guys, they don't really speak a bunch of English. And I was one of the only ones from out of town. So it's only me, I was the only guy at the hotel. And uh, so we're all sitting in the hot tub. There's a bunch of the Lucha guys, and then there's me. And they're talking and having a conversation in Spanish. And I don't know Spanish. Do you all know Spanish? Because I don't know it very well. I pick up words. And then uh, Fantasma was nice enough to say the whole conversation. They'd say the whole conversation. They'd all laugh. Ha, 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 ha. And I'd be like, ha, ha, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Fantasma would tell me what they were saying. Like, oh, but they'd all be sitting there staring, waiting to make sure you laugh. The best way to make friends with wrestlers, however, is bring a bottle of Jack Daniels. That's how I became friends with all the guys I couldn't even speak English with. So, uh, we go to a hotel, I bring a bottle of Jack, all of a sudden we're all friends. So, not a great road story, but bring Jack and all your friends will come to you. It's proof that it's a universal language. I'm sorry? It's proof that Jack Daniels is a universal language. Absolutely, universal language is whiskey. I love whiskey. What's the biggest thing that uh, other promotions can take away from the uniqueness of Lucha Underground? I would say think outside the box. Um, you, you saw the cinematics of what Lucha Underground had. You see what um, all the stuff that Impact is doing. So for, these, for any other promotion trying to do something different, think outside the box. Look at everything's out there. People love wrestling. Any new sort of way you get it, and you tell them what wrestling is. So think outside the box and have fun with it. My most gruesome injury? Let's see. Uh, my ankle break on WWE Tough Enough. Uh, it was it, I, it was something that was stupid because it's not like I was doing something really cool and then it broke. I was pinning a guy. He kicked out. I walked away and it just broke. And then I took me out of the competition. So that sucked. Um, my other worst one was when I broke my ribs and I had to continue to do AAA TV out in Mexico because you got to keep your spot. So... Working with broken ribs, that sucks. And my broken ankle sucks. Anytime you break a bone, it sucks, right? So I think those ones are the worst ones.
How did I get the call to go there? Um, I was... Uh, that company never comes to Utah and does TV. Ever. I don't know why. what, what all everybody has against Utah, but I live in Utah and no one ever goes there for TV. So I had to fly myself to California, I had to fly myself to Texas, I had to fly myself to Colorado, and uh, they just kept noticing me here, like, oh, I saw you last week. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went to Colorado, like, oh, man, I saw you last week again. Where do you live? I'm like, not here. This is in Texas. And uh, Big Show, actually, is the reason I got my first tryout anywhere, is because he saw me in California, he saw me in Colorado, and then he saw me in Texas. And he's like, where do you live? I'm like, Utah. And you're, you're in all three of these? I'm like, well, yeah, you guys don't go to Utah, jerks. And uh, he's like, come here. Brings me over, and that's where he gave me my first uh, chance. So. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you all so much uh, for tuning in. I really enjoyed getting to recap my weekend with you guys. Um, just a fun thing. Tomorrow, it's going to be uh, back to the normal Winkley. Justin Labar will be by my side. We're going to start rolling out some interviews that our good buddy Andy Malinowski got while he was at WrestleCon. I've also got a couple other big interviews that I've already lined up that are going to be rolling out next week, so it never stops here. Also, tomorrow... Um, I'm going to be welcoming back our good friend Jesse Collings from the uh, Views from the Turnbuckle. Uh, he's going to be breaking down the G1 Supercard with me. Now, I kind of I didn't uh, talk too much about it yesterday on the recap because I was saving it for tomorrow. It's such a big historical show, and Jesse is the man when it comes to knowledge about uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor. So we're going to dive deep into it tomorrow. I hope you guys enjoy that. And this weekend, uh, I was rocking my Roosevelt's Cult Collector WWE shirts, and I got a lot of compliments. I wore the Ric Flair one. Or the Macho Man one. I didn't get to rock the Undertaker one because I just didn't have enough days. But I would have if I could have because everybody loved these shirts. They are awesome. Go get one. Uh, RSVLTS.com. Use the promo code Wrestling Inc. Get 20% off. You can also look fly. And this Friday, I return to the Ringside Wrestling app alongside my boss, my friend, Raj Geary, for a special Friday video episode of the Winkly. We're going to be doing this every Friday now over on the Ringside Wrestling app. Download the app. Check us out. Me and Raj will be talking the top stories of the week. I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. You're all wonderful. We did it. What a WrestleMania week, everybody. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>